We are in a new series that we are launching today. How many excited about a new series? I get excited about a new series. The new series is entitled Unblock It. Unblock It. We're talking this month about, um, you know, barriers and roadblocks and strongholds in your life. All the month of August, we're going to be talking about how God wants us to unblock and God wants to unblock some things. When you see cones like this in a road, you know that that road is blocked off. You know that you're not allowed to go down that road. You have to take the lane that isn't blocked because when it's blocked, it's blocked from your usage. It's blocked from your access. Some of you have been blocked for a while. Man, we're gonna get you unblocked this month. Somebody say amen. Come on now, we're gonna get you unblocked this month. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which is where we're hanging out today, it's a complicated chapter. Can I just tell you that? I decided we're not just gonna take a story, although I love the parables and the stories of Jesus or the Old Testament stories of Elijah and Elisha and Noah and Gideon. All those stories are amazing. But we wanna take something from the New Testament. It's not a story, it's a teaching. And teaching sometimes are really hard. So I'm gonna take a book on physics and try to break it down for you at a third grade level. How's that sound, yes? And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we have the author of this letter. His name is Paul. And Paul, we can see through this, has a passion. His passion is to get the gospel message out, the good news of Jesus Christ, his saving power out to the people in the city of Corinth. Everybody say Corinth. So in the city of Corinth, but he also wants, uh, you know what, he's frustrated. He's really frustrated with the church. In fact, when I read this, I see a man who's been pushed to his limit. You ever been pushed to your limit before? Every parent should be going, oh, you better believe I have been pushed to my limit before, right? These little demons, I mean kids that I've got, absolutely, they push me to my, right? And you've been pushed to your limit before in your workplace or in your neighborhood or in your school. You've been pushed to your limit before and Paul has been pressed to his limit by two types of people, false teachers and preachers. He's been pushed to his limit by people that are trying to undermine his authority. And it's ironic to me that Paul is the very one who brought the gospel message to the city of Corinth. Paul is the very one who planted the church that they're in. There is one Christian church in the city of Corinth and Paul's the planter and the pastor of the church and now they're undermining his authority. They're coming directly against Paul. Now get this, the, the good news of Jesus came and the Jewish community thought it was just for them but Jesus made it clear it's not just for the Jewish community, it's for all the Gentiles as well. You and I are Gentiles. And so it's for everybody in the world. So Paul, as a missionary, as a church planner, an apostle, he takes the message to the Gentiles. And one of the cities he starts with by planning a church is the city of, of Corinth. He broke the barrier so everybody could hear the good news. It's a pretty big deal that he did this. Now, some of them are coming against him. Some of the very people that got saved are coming against him. Here's what I know. It's the pioneers who usually endure the most pain. Is there anybody in here that would say, I, in my family, I am a first-generation Christ follower? I am, yeah. Now, here's the deal. These are pioneers, and, and in your, it, it's hard. Here's the deal. Um, we were raising our children. I didn't have, I couldn't go to my dad and ask for godly counsel. I, I, does that make sense? You don't have the counselors. Those of you that do, that doesn't mean your life is a bed of roses, but it sure does mean you've got some support. And it's not a competitive thing. You should feel blessed and thank God for that because you can do immeasurably more because of the support you had. Does that make sense? So, so Paul is frustrated. Can you identify with Paul at all? He's frustrated. 
I want to read to you a few verses. And again, some of these are just hard to understand, but I want to help you. Beginning in verse number 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the field God has assigned us to, to us. A field that reaches even to you. In, in other words, Paul is saying, if, if, if God can reach you, he can reach anybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, if God can reach you, he can reach anybody. I can't believe you said that. That's right. <laughs> That's exciting. That's true. If God can reach you, he can reach anybody. I should say that about me in first person. If God can reach me, he can reach anybody. Here's the deal. Paul is trying to take up an offering. That's all he's trying to do. In the church that he started, he's trying to take up an offering so that he can help the Jewish Christians make the gospel go further in a different region. In other words, he's taken up an offering to start a new church in a different area. And he's, he's met with a roadblock. He's met with, with people trying to block it. People aren't cooperating with him. In fact, not only are they not cooperating, they're withdrawing from, not only are they withdrawing from him, but they are actually resisting his authority in their lives. This is absolutely wrong. And I, I, let me read the next verse and it'll help us a little bit more. Verse number 14. We are not going too far in our boasting as would be the case if we had not come to you for we did get as far as you with the gospel of, of, of Christ. In other words, we brought you the gospel and it changed your life and now you wanna back away? Do you see the frustration he's experiencing? Quit trying to act like it was anything other than God's grace that got you where you're at in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse number 15. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand. And then the first part of verse 16, so that we can preach the gospel in regions beyond you. Paul is saying there's no cap, there's no ceiling, there's no limitation, there's no lid on what God is able to do. Somebody say amen. There is still a lot to do, Paul is saying. And I'm telling you, I identify with this. There is still a lot that we have to get done. That's why we started New Life, right? That's why we have the Lathrop campus and the South Stockton campus on October 6th. We launch our Spanish campus on November 24th. We launch our online campus in 2020. We are launching our River Islands campus without a doubt. In 2021, we're planning on launching our South Manteca campus. Listen, our capacity to believe will never catch up with God's ability to perform. We cannot imagine a scenario where we are getting the gospel out, the good news out, whereby God is not capable of exceeding that plan. His plans are bigger than our plans, higher than our plans, greater than our plans. It doesn't matter how amazing we think our plans are, God's are bigger. Paul's frustrated because church isn't getting this. And yet, this unchained gospel or our, our unlimited God has been confined, has been blocked. How many on social media, any kind of social media platform, raise your hand, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, anything else, Snapchat, whatever, okay, keep it up just so I can kind of see anybody at all. Oh, good, good, put your hands down. So most of you have an understanding of, of social media and, and what it means. Um, uh, I make a mistake sometimes of posting stuff, whether it be on the church page or whether it be on my personal page or um, the, another page that I have, of uh, posting something maybe, and then I'll review the comments late at night. Like, that's not a good idea. Because, you know, what I'm talking about, you read the comments, and most of them are affirming and hallelujah, and people from all over the, the country and stuff that I've met, just good to hear from you, great word, things like that. And then you always hear from 
that guy, right? You know who that guy is, right? That negative nilly, that sister throttle bottom, whatever it is, that person that is trying to sow something into you or into your, um, your, 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 your post that is not, uh, not acceptable, not appropriate. So I have options late at night. And um, it's probably not best for me to deal with it late at night. Anybody know what I'm talking about, yes? But one of my options is I could respond. Oh, you wanna get in a war of words, do you, right? And so I could respond to their disrespectful comment with another disrespectful comment. The problem is then I'll have to take time later on uh, to repent, and I don't wanna have to do that. So I have another option. I could ignore it altogether. Probably not gonna happen, right? Like, like there might be 100 positive comments and one negative comment, and what do you focus on? The negative comment. That's just kind of what we do. I have another option. I could privately contact this person, say, let's, well, it's August, let's have ice cream together, let's sit down and have ice cream, let's see if we can talk this thing through and we're trying to work it out. But the truth is, if they're going to post something publicly like that that's negative, I'm probably never going to get through to them, and I will have wasted my most valuable commodity, a gift that I have from God, and that is my time, and I'll just end up more frustrated, and in the end, I'll have to repent once again. Does that make sense? So it's probably not a good idea. So I've got a solution for you that I'm sure you've already thought of. The, the, uh, the social media platforms all give us an option. And the option they give us, oh, is that block button. You can block them. You can block them. I mean, you can, listen, when you block somebody on Facebook or on the gram or, or on Twitter, when you block somebody, yeah, it, it feels kind of powerful, doesn't it? Mm, I just blocked you. Feel in control when you, it feels good to block the crazy nut jobs that are out there. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yes? Are you all like really holy? But maybe I'm not, but it feels good to kind of, kind of block people sometimes. I kind of wish people had a block button on their foreheads. You know what I'm talking about? That we just block them sometimes, but that, that doesn't to block somebody, they're on your page, they're on your feed, I don't wanna hear from you anymore, I don't have to hear from you anymore, you block them. And when we block some people, they can still say whatever they wanna say. We just don't hear it. We just don't see it. It's kept from us. And life feels a little bit more peaceful that way. Sometimes I kind of wish there was two options for blocking somebody because when you block somebody, they don't know you block them. Um, uh, but I kind of wish there was an option so that they could know that I blocked them. Like, do you want them to know that you, yes, I want them to know, yes, 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 that I, does that make sense? That's a terrible way to live. But, but it, it, you, get, you know, you get frustrated with people that say things, that say things. We're in this series, Unblock It. And during this month, um, we're gonna hear from a variety of speakers. This is the only message in the series that I'm going to preach. And during the month of August, we're going to hear from a variety of speakers that are going to speak to you in a multiplicity of manners that are going to address the issue of unblocking it. It's going to be refreshing and it's going to be powerful. You're going to hear from some of our staff. You're going to hear from some of our second-year interns. And you're going to hear from a missionary friend of mine that we supported for years and years and years that is going to bring a powerful word to this campus and to the, and to the Stockton campus. Because here's the deal. There are obstacles in your way that have to be removed. There are barriers in your way that need to come down, strongholds that need to be pulled down. They're holding you back from God's, God's blessing. And I believe it's time for us to unblock it. Somebody say amen. The devil wants you to stay blocked and he's established things in your life and he wants to un, and God wants you to be unblocked and so God's gonna help us get unblocked this month and I am so excited about this. But in this first message of the series, I felt God wants me to take a different angle, take the dangerous angle. Because I saw somebody post this week a, a meme that said something like, um, why, uh, don't ask somebody for advice 
uh, or don't, don't take advice from somebody that you wouldn't, uh, that you don't respect, that you wouldn't ask them uh, for, for their opinion. And, and just by putting yourself in these chairs, you're asking me to interpret God's word to help you. And so I'm going to give it to you today. Somebody say amen. amen. And uh, I'm sure that some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say uh, today, but I'm, I'm a, I've got my big boy bloomers on this morning. Does that sound good? We're going to make sure that you guys, are, you guys are ready for this. And so as I've been thinking about this series, I thought about the many, many ways that we have inadvertently blocked God. We have blocked God's word. We have blocked God's voice. We have blocked God's call. We have blocked God's direction, and that's on you. That's, you can't blame the devil for that. You can't blame your mama. You can't blame your family of origin. You can't blame your husband. You can't blame your children. You can't blame your finances, your circumstances. You can't blame anybody but you. Because the only one that can unblock somebody is me. Even the creator of Facebook himself, Mark, can't unblock somebody because it's my, I unblock people that I've blocked. Does that make sense? And you block God. We spent 14 weeks talking about the subject of breakthrough and God has literally performed miracles and signs and wonders in people's lives and in our church family and I think that's a big deal. I'm so grateful for what God has done. But the spirit of, of revival will never last if you continue to block the things of God in your life. It's time, it's time, it's time to un, unblock it. We're gonna learn to pull down strongholds. We're gonna learn to remove hindrances and obstacles, eliminate barriers and blockades. Those are all subjects we're gonna visit this month. But today, we're talking about your choices. God speaks to us in all kinds of ways, doesn't he? And um, some of the things he speaks to us, <laughs> well, we like. Like on Facebook, you can do like, but now you can do love, and you can do like a, like a sad face if they're sad, and you're identifying with their sad, or you can do a, a, an angry face if they're angry, and you identify with their anger, but you're connecting with people. In essence, you're just liking what it is that they posted. Uh, on, on, uh, on Twitter uh, or on Instagram, you can double click, right? Double click, you can like love, you love or you like what they posted. There are things in God's word that we love, that we like. Oh yeah, things like, I can do all things, Philippians 4.13, through Christ who gives me strength. Double click, like, love that, right? Say it again. Or how about, no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. Double click, like, love that one. I Say it again, right? Or how about this one? Greater is, I say it all the time, 1 John chapter four, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the... These are all true statements. But with these, we double-click like and love those. However, there are some things in God's word that we don't necessarily like. We hear it, but tell me more of the good stuff, Troy. Tell me more of the good stuff, God. These are the challenging things, maybe the stretching things. So what we do is we, uh, we block that. Stand still. See the salvation of your God. What are you talking about? I got to do something. I got to do something. God is saying, stand still and watch me deliver you. Wait a minute. I, 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 I can't just wait on God. I gotta, I gotta, I'm a person of action. I got to do something. And so we block that. Or how about this? Turn the other cheek. Surely there, you've got to exegete that passage of scripture a little bit differently, Troy, because I'm sure the, the original language, they did not intend for me to turn the other cheek after someone slapped me on that cheek. Surely I'm supposed to hit them before they hit me again. I think it's a misinterpretation and maybe the writers in the original got it wrong. That's no, so we block it. Or how about give and it shall be given to you. <laughs> 
I gotta have the payoff first. If I have the payoff first, the blessings of God first, then I think possibly quite maybe I will give unto the Lord. And so we, we block it. It's all kinds of things that we choose to block. And what we're doing is we are blocking the blessings of God in our lives. The Corinthian church, this church we're reading about, man, they were opposed to Paul. Uh, they had all kinds of reasons why they weren't gonna follow Paul anymore. They were criticizing everything from his speaking abilities uh, to his mannerisms, to his, uh, to his posture. I mean, they were, they were criticizing everything about the guy. They even said, you know what? You sure are bold in your writings, but you're weak and timid when you get here. I mean, they're really putting this guy down. And here's the deal. It, it really wasn't Paul they had a problem with. It was God. You see, Paul, uh, through Paul, God was challenging the Corinthian church to a greater faith. I think that's what God's doing with us. Paul was challenging them to stay away from their petty, self-centered, consumerism uh, mentality about Christianity. And we have that all around our culture today. And as Paul was proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, man, there was a lot of things that they liked. Paul, they, they, Paul was telling about forgiveness. They're like, tell me more about that forgiveness stuff, Paul, because I like double-click, love that. How about, tell me more, Paul, about the favor of God because I like double-click. I love that. I love hearing about the favor of God. But then Paul decides he's gonna take his teachings a little bit stronger, a little more in your face, a little bit more challenging. And he says, you gotta repent of some of your attitudes and you've gotta incline your hearts in such a manner that it might be difficult for you, but incline your heart toward God. Paul tells them, you've gotta sacrificially give because we're gonna further the gospel outside the region of Corinth. And they block God. They think they're blocking Paul, but they're blocking God. This may be super uncomfortable for some of you to hear, and I am no way trying to offend anybody or upset anybody in our church, but I love you too much to be overly concerned if you're gonna be upset. Because the truth is I'm more concerned about what God would think about me if I don't challenge you to the level and the standard that he has called you to. God wants me to tell somebody that the blessings you crave, he's been trying to get them to you. He's been working hard to get them to you. But you've blocked him. You've blocked him. And you're blaming, you're playing the blame game, you're blaming everybody you can. Even blaming the fact that, uh, you know, you're, I'm not growing, and you're blaming that on your lack of giftedness. Maybe some of you are saying, well, I'm just, I'm just not that smart, or I'm just not that talented, or I, I don't pick up on things that quickly, and you're coming up with all kinds of excuses with the blame game. Let me refer back to the text. Verse, verse number 15, please go with me one more time. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will, be greatly, will greatly expand. Here's the dynamic Paul's trying to teach here. He's trying to help them understand that as, as the Corinthian church's faith increases, so grows the church. But also, as the church grows so increases the faith. Let me paint it to you this way in our, in our current church, right? Um, as our faith increases, it's gonna become a transformative magnetic thing and people in the city, people in our communities are gonna want that because you're being changed in your attitude and in your behavior and you're gonna become a magnet. People are gonna want what you got. They're gonna ask you what you got in the conversations around ice cream and they're gonna start coming. On the other hand, as more and more people come to the church, you're gonna look around and go, oh my goodness, your faith is going to increase. Does that make sense? So Paul's trying to teach both sides of this. So really what he's trying to do is he's trying to preach beyond Corinth. He's trying to expand the church beyond Corinth. He wants the gospel to go even farther. 
man, I can identify with Paul so much. But there is this stubborn church in Corinth who is satisfied and set in their own ways. Now, some of you are like, what's the problem here, Troy? What's going on? Um, I got to wonder, who are you talking about here? We don't have that issue, okay? So it's not, a, it's not one of those messages that was designed as a reactive me- measure, but instead it's a proactive measure. It's like changing the oil in your car. You don't have to because it's not going tick, 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 tick in the engine right now, but you need to do it to prevent that from happening. And what do they say? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And so we're trying to make sure that we prevent anything from this, like this from ever happening in this church. See, the Corinthian church, this, this church that's there that Paul planted, saying, listen, we've been reached. So we don't have to do any more reaching. Um, uh, we're the first church of God, first church of Jesus in the city of Corinth, and there is no second church of Jesus because this is the only church there is right now, and everybody knows where we're at. In fact, we become a destination. In fact, when people are looking for the local barber, they're gonna be like, hey, you know where the first church of God is? Yeah, it's like two doors down from that because everybody knows where we're at. Therefore, we've influenced our city, even though not everybody knows Jesus, we've influenced our city enough hey, you know what? We're done. We've reached who we need to reach. Our community knows that they have the option of coming to know God. They don't want to go beyond. We've got everything we need right here, and may that never be said of our New Life Church family. You see, the essence of blessing, this is in your notes, is that it always looks beyond itself. The essence of blessing is that it always looks beyond itself. Abraham, God said, I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna be a blessing. The point of blessing, like Trin said, it's not just that a blessing would flow to you, but it's that it would flow through you. If you stop here with your blessing, you're gonna get stuck right here. And the blessing will eventually turn into a cursing. It's like a a pond with an inlet only and not an outlet. It's gonna become stagnant. It's gonna become useless. But if you look beyond, hope beyond, preach beyond, believe beyond, You're gonna break out of your limitations in your life. They've got to grow together. Paul says, as your faith grows, the kingdom grows. As the kingdom grows, your faith grows. Listen, we don't take an offering every week so we can build buildings. We take an offering every week so we can build your faith. Build your faith. It's it's not about, it's not, I believe God owns it all. I believe God owns it all. But I believe God wants to break you out of the box of what you think was impossible in your life, what you thought is normal in your life. See, God wants to break you out of your limited, this is good, break you out of your limited belief system. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what keeps you stuck in life, your limited belief system. We blame everything else and everybody else, but it's our own BS that keeps us stuck in our box. And uh, by BS, I mean belief system. I don't know where your head was, but it's belief system, okay? (laughs) It's our own belief system that keeps us stuck in our box. If our belief system was true, if we really believed, then we would believe that God can do it. Whatever it is you're facing, that God can do it. Whether it be your marriage, whether it be your children, whether it be your finances, whether it be your health, God can do it. Our belief system, when it's correct, says that God can use me. And if we believe that, we would have already made a list in our mind of who we're gonna invite to ice cream this month because I believe that God can use me. And if the preacher says that God is calling us to this for this season, then I believe I'm gonna be used by God and so here we go. It's just me and God. Turn me loose. Let me have a faith-sharing conversation with somebody. 
If we really, really believed that he is bigger, that he is stronger, that he is mightier, it would change everything about us. If we really believe that God is in charge, it would shape who we are from the inside out. Paul is telling us that nothing can stop the gospel. The purpose of God cannot be stopped. Somebody say amen. But your unbelief can block it from operating in your life. The, The plan of God can't be stopped. But you can block the plan of God in your life and it's not gonna become activated in you because of your unbelief. The provision of God, it can't be stopped. God is more than enough. He is always sufficient. He is, his name is Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, our provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The streets of heaven are paved with the thing that we crave so much and that is gold. He's trying to tell us, I own it all. It's all mine. You don't have to worry about it. It's all available. He's telling us this, but your unbelief can block the provision of God in your life. The power of God cannot be stopped. If you don't believe me, ask the stone. Ask the stone that held Jesus in the tomb. The stone that was placed there by the devil, trying to seal Jesus in this borrowed tomb. The devil thought that he had blocked Jesus, but he found out that when the word of God comes forth, when the power of God is unleashed, you can't stop him. Nothing can stop the purpose, the plan, the provision, or the power of God. Nothing can stop it except your unbelief. See, only you have the power to stop God. We've been blaming the devil far too long. We've been blaming circumstances for far too long. But if we're going to get unblocked in our life, we're the ones that have to unblock it. I'm not saying it's by our own strength. It's by the power of Jesus made manifest in me. But I'm tired of living my life all blocked. I want to be unblocked. And I'm the one. Listen, some of you have been so stuck for so long and you're convinced that it's somebody else's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. What they did to you was was wrong. But what you're allowing them to continue to do to you through the way that you're living and what you're holding on to and the root of bitterness that you're, you're continuing, you're allowing the, listen, this roadblock, this is on you. You have options. Because the only one that could unblock somebody is me. I have the power to unblock them and it comes in a multiplicity of manners of how to do it. And so Paul, in his, <clears throat> in his best pastoral tone, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, I want you to grow up so that the gospel can go forth. I want you to grow up so that the gospel can go forth. And I really do understand Paul's frustration and I imagine you do too. Sometimes we get into a family situation you're like, what are you doing? Why aren't you, why aren't you living for God? Why don't you focus on the things of God? And we get so frustrated with maybe our families or our sphere of influence or the people that we're closest to that we end up blocking ourselves because all we're doing is bickering about how they're living <laughs> instead of living an unblocked life. Don't let yourself become blocked. I ask you three questions. Are you ready? First question. You ever, there have been times in your life where you knew that maybe you were supposed to encourage somebody? Give them a hug, high five, try to tell them, I know what you're going through, I see you, I care about you, what you're experiencing right now is gotta be miserable. I don't know how to help, but I'm praying for you. In fact, I'm, I'm gonna pray for you right now. You knew that there was a time in your life that you needed to encourage somebody, but you didn't do it. In fact, not, you didn't do it, but the reason that you weren't able to encourage somebody is because 
you're kind of stuck in your own issues. You're like, man, I can't really help them right now. I got too many of my own issues. Here, newsflash, you'll always have issues. You'll never be issue free. You'll never be issue free. You'll always have issues. But the way that you get out of the funk of the issues is by unblocking yourself and helping somebody else. Man, I've been there. Maybe, maybe there have been times in your life where you went, you know that God wants you, you've walked into a room and there's like tension. Maybe you sat at the dinner table before and you're like, oh, this is not comfortable. Or you've walked into a room and you're like, I can feel the thickness of the tension in the room. Or you've walked into a, 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 a meeting or whatever it is and you're like, man, this is just so. And you know that God is impressing upon you to change the atmosphere of the room. And I'm not talking about knock, knock. Who's it? I'm not talking about cracking a joke. I'm talking about bring your God-fearing, God-loving personality into the room and let people know that there's hope somehow, that, that this doesn't define us, what's going on right now. This feeling is, is a feeling. Feelings are like shifting sand. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow, but we have our house built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. We've got hope. I mean, you're, you know, you're supposed to lift the atmosphere, but instead of being a thermostat, you, you were a thermometer, and uh, you allowed the, 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 the culture, the influence of the room to affect you, and now all of a sudden you're down in the molly grubs, right? All of a sudden you're like, man, you're one of them. Yeah, I've been there before. Maybe, maybe you came to church and uh, God gave you in church an opportunity to praise him. Oh, isn't that a beautiful phrase? See, when we give you worship opportunities, Pastor Trinity leads us, it's, it's about giving you an opportunity to worship the king, the, the master, the majesty, right? And, and we give you an opportunity to praise, but you were so self-conscious, you were so self-focused that you, you didn't sing. You didn't lift your hands. You were too maybe embarrassed or worried about what other people think about you or frustrated, dealing with your frustrations, your anxiety. So you just didn't enter. Let me just give you some counsel here. Here's, here's the truth. Um, if you would just sing, I don't care if you can sing or not. If you would just celebrate, just lift your hands to God. If you would just enter into an atmosphere, what would happen is, is it would, you would unblock the joy blocker in your life. You would begin to experience joy in the midst of your sorrow and frustration. You'll find that things will begin to turn around from the inside out by worshiping and praising God. But we block it. We establish blocks in our own life. Let me give you a biblical illustration to close this thing out. In Malachi chapter three, um, God is begging his people to unblock them. We block God. And he, in fact, he says in the first, first portion of the verse, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. In other words, there ain't no food in the house. People are hungry. People are starving. And, and God is trying to tell us that something is blocking the food. Something's blocking the food. Blocking the blessing from coming to the people of God. And it is a refusal to put God first. Hmm. But if they unblock it, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there's not going to be enough room to store it. Are you kidding me? We were starved just a moment ago, and now there's too much? That's exactly, this is the only time God allows you to test him is in this area. This is just an illustration of unblocking. In other words, God is saying there's no shortage of supply, but you're blocking it. There's no shortage of joy, but you keep blocking me. There's no limit to how many people that we can reach if you were just unblock me. But 
you kept me blocked. Let me just kind of throw it to you this way. I love you and I've got money in the bank with you. I shouldn't be saying that because of this we're talking about, but I've got like literally, I, I feel like I have got like investment so I can speak into your life and you're willing to listen. So let me just tell you, for those of you that are here, this is a tithing message or a giving message. I don't care because those of us that do, it, it feels kind of good to hear one because I'm like, at least I'm doing something right, God. I feel like so many times I'm not doing something right, but I'm, I've got this one going. Hallelujah. I'm just going to keep my foot on the pedal. But those of you that struggle in this area, Why? Why? It's not yours anyway. It's like the French fries. I'd buy, take Jabwin to go buy some French fries. My grandson, I buy the French fries. We go sit down at the table. Jabwin, can I have a French fry? No, they're my French fries. You didn't buy those French fries. You didn't, you don't have the car that got us here to the, those French fries don't belong to you. Those French fries belong to me. They are never going to be, they're not your French fries. I gave you this. The, uh, the Troy giveth, Troy can take it away, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what scripture says. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, so God is saying, listen, be obedient unto me. And so this might sting a little bit, but it's the truth. If more than 30% of the church would tithe, there would be no limitations on what we could do as a church to be able to plant these campuses and reach this valley and change this culture before we have anything happen here. Now, it's no, don't take that as, a, oh, Troy, you should have gone there. Shut up. We're gonna go there as long as we can because we're gonna rescue the perishing. Yes. We need this thing together. Amen. This... Every week we, we have the potential of blocking God or releasing God into the atmosphere when we come to gatherings like this. Oh man, we begin to worship. <sighs> Double click like love. We just enter into worship. We have, we're so blessed. If you haven't been to many churches, we're so blessed to have the team that we have leading us in worship. It's amazing. Um, uh, Trinity's challenge every week. Oh man, double click like love that, right? We appreciate it so much. It's like she's, how did she know? Was she hovering over my house and knows exactly what's going on, right? And so we double click like love that. Prayer, who's gonna, un, who's gonna block that, right? Well, of course, we're praying for our own needs or we're praying for the other. Double click like love that, right? Or how about announcements? <laughs> right, maybe kind of like that. Nobody really loves announcements. Let me tell you what announcements are. Announcements are vision being casted. Announcements give us an opportunity to see that we're not a part of a pond that has an inlet and not an outlet. Announcements allow us to see that we're doing something in the community. You might not be able to do everything, but you can be a part of something, and you're a part of a church that's on the move. Can somebody say amen? Oh, how about this one? The, the message. Are we double click like, love that? Or you better, I'm just kidding. But we, you, just, you keep my attention, Troy. Keep my attention. We'll double click like, love that. But when it comes to the offering, all too often in churches, we block that one. Not me. Not the full tithe into the storehouse. Some of you, let me put it to you this way. Some of you have been tithing for years. God bless you, wonderful. When are you gonna go to 11%? When are you gonna do more? When God's done more? Is, is, are we really a minimum church? Now, I'm not trying to make you do anything, but somebody said, tithing's an Old Testament principle. Eh, okay, well, do with the New Testament then because New Testament grace should be how much more, Right? So I have a goal in my life. I want to reverse tithe. I'm working my way toward that. Reverse tithe, some pastor introduced it to me when I first got saved. I thought it was nuts. I thought it was ridiculous. And now I think it's marvelous, right? I want to be able to live on 10% and give away 90%. Now that doesn't mean that I have to have a much bigger paycheck so that I can live on 10%, which is a huge amount. It means I got to make sure that I'm debt free, that I'm living like nobody else, right? So that later on I can live like nobody else. I got to make sure that I got my, my financial house in order because I, don't, I want to live more minimalistic in my life so that we can give more away because I don't, want to, I don't want to lay my head on my pillow on my deathbed and say, I wish I would have done more. I want to leave it all out there. 
And I want you to leave it all out there with me. I'm not asking you to go in the poorhouse. I'm telling you, can we do, can we do more? Can we just be obedient to the things of God? Because there's no shortage. Quit blocking, hitting the block button. Now, in verse number 10 up here, if you read it again, it just basically says, remove the block, receive the blessing. Remove the block, <laughs> receive the, that's exactly what God is telling us. If you remove the block, you'll receive the blessing. I want my finances and my faith to grow together. But if I receive a blessing from God and I'm not generous, then I have failed. I have failed because, listen, I have failed because I'm gonna become prideful and eventually I'm gonna become self-sufficient. That's why God tells us in this illustration to give our first fruits. Like when you first receive your paycheck, the very first bill you pay. Thank you, God, for this blessing. I worked hard for it. But I realized I couldn't have the skills or the talent or the breath to breathe if it wasn't for you. And because, that's, because of your grace and mercy and love and blessing in my life, I'm giving you back the first fruits. I'm not the leftovers. I'm not a tipper. I'm a tither. I'm going to give it to you, God. And so I, I choose to give it to you. And I trust you, God. Man, I, I am all in with this. You said test me. I'm testing you in this, God. I'm trusting that the 90% is going to last me much further than the 100% would have if I would have been selfish. So God... I'm gonna take this trust test of yours seriously. And that's what me giving the first fruits really is all about. And it feels good. It feels good when you do that to know that you and God are on the same page. You're in this thing together. Doesn't that feel good? It feels good. Mm, because he's also gonna give you a chance to give an offering. And our church is, was a, blew me out of the water last year. We're fixing it. November's gonna be here before you know it. And in November the 17th, we're taking our second miracle offering we've ever taken. In November, every year on the third Sunday, we're gonna take a miracle offering. Miracle offering time is coming up and some of you have written down at the beginning of the year, man, your goal, your hope that God is gonna through you be, enable you. Some people, oh my goodness, put such an amount on there. You're just trusting God. I'm so proud of you. I believe he's gonna honor that. So you have an opportunity to give above and beyond your faithful stewardship. Paul says, I want your faith to grow. Paul says, I want your faith to grow. Let me just tell you, this is, that's just an illustration. This is not a tithing message. It's an obedience message. It's an obedience message. It's about unblocking the things of God. For some of you, the message could be about giving, but for others, the, the message could be about forgiveness. And you've blocked forgiveness. You just, I could not ever forgive them. I could never, I could never give this to you, God. And so you choose to stay. What you're doing is, is you think you're, punishing them, but the truth is you're blocking God from bringing grace and forgiveness into your own life. Because, unblock it, unblock it. God, they're safer in your hands than they are in mine. I choose to forgive by faith. My feelings aren't there, but my faith says I trust you. And in time, your feelings will come in line with your faith. Keep declaring it. When the enemy reminds you you haven't forgiven them, you remind him you have. Don't argue with him, just declare it. I have forgiven them by faith. So you, when, when you refuse to give grace to somebody, you're blocking God's grace from your own life. Paul says, when, when you release it, are you ready for this? You receive it. That's true for your finances. It's true for your, oh, it's true for your forgiveness. It's true for your encouragement. When you release it, you receive it. I wish somebody would come and encourage me. Dude, be a Becky, would you? Right? I know I'm embarrassing you. But when you have your knee completely replaced, you have the right to be belly aching. But this woman 
I'm just going to be honest with you, Becky. I'm going to be real with you. Surprise the thunder out of me. Impress the thunder out of me. I knew you had it in you. But I was, I was so glad that she made it manifest. Instead of, I mean, she was in some severe agony. I mean, you, 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 you oh, right? I mean, they just, it's, it was way worse than they expected. And she's here today, this, just a couple weeks out of this. Here's the deal. She spent her time laying on her bed. Yes, she was in pain. But encouraging and ministering to so many people. That's how you get out of the funk. And now, now, now they're telling her, the, the therapists are telling her, the doctor, you shouldn't be as healed up as you are right now. I think there's a direct correlation between that. Yes? If you, if you release it, you'll receive it. If you release it, you'll receive it. And so I declare that this is a season, this, this month is a, is a season of release here at New Life. We're going to reach out. Yes, we are. We're going to start more campuses, of course, where we're going to influence our region for Jesus. We're going to shift the spiritual climate in the Central Valley. Yes, we're part of this as a team. Other churches are doing the same thing, so it's not us alone. But together, we're going to see this stuff happen. But the exciting thing to me is how he's stretching you and you and you and you and you individually. That's what just gets me, gets me going, baby. I get excited and thrilled about seeing how individuals are being stretched beyond what you thought was possible. See, God, God doesn't want any of us to be blocked anymore, but he's trying to communicate to us that the only one that can stop you from being blocked is you. Close with this. You ever tried to love somebody or encourage somebody or help somebody that didn't want loved, that didn't want encouraged? I mean, I, 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 listen, I believe in you. I think you can do this. I, I, I know that God's got, I, mean, I don't want any I, do, I want you to know that I love you and I care about you. Right? Um, yeah, can, I, can I help you? Can I give you a hand? Is there anything that I... I there's nothing you can do for me. I couldn't possibly do anything. See, what they're doing is they're blocking you from helping them, from loving them, from, 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 from encouraging them. That's exactly how God feels. That's what we do is we, we've been blocking Him. Um, I, I, see if I won't pour out for you blessings. There won't be enough room to contain it. And we, could possibly do that. And God is saying, just, just unblock me. Will you, will you unblock God this month? Will you make the conscious choice because you've blocked him? You have done that. And quit blaming somebody else. You just take responsibility. Believe. Stop trying to have this part of your life that you won't let God in. Do you remember the old ivory soap, the commercials they used to have? 99 and 44, 100% pure. That's how they used to advertise. They trademarked that so nobody else could say that because here's the truth. That is the minimum that is required for soap to be called soap in the United States of America. It's 99 and 44, 100% pure. So no other soap could call themselves 99 and 44, 100% pure because ivory soap had trademarked that. The truth is, soap and it's 99, 44, 100% pure is legally soap, but it still leaves something lacking. Don't be ivory soap. Be all in with God. You can't hold something back and, and expect that that roadblock isn't going to be a barrier between you and God. Whatever it is, unblock it in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this time that we've had together. I'm privileged and honored to be able to serve uh, your church. And I recognize, God, that sometimes these messages aren't uh, as inspirational, maybe as, as exciting or perhaps as, as uh, expected or hoped for, but they're necessary. And Lord, I think you're really reaching out to a church that's been blessed, 
abundantly blessed. And I think you're, you're stretching us. You're saying, can you, you can do more. You can do, you can do more. And you can trust me more. And, and there's no limits when we trust God out of obedience. And God's not a God of guilt. He's a God of love. And he's trying to love us. And he's saying, would you unblock? And so, Lord, help me to see the blockades that I have established. And help me to be courageous enough to unblock it. Help us to be courageous enough to unblock it, to make some deliberate choices and decisions to unblock the barriers that I put up between you and me. Maybe it's in the area of finances. Maybe it's in the area of my calendar, my time. Maybe it's in the area of my, uh, of, of, of my forgiveness. Or maybe it's in the area of my encouragement. Or maybe it's in another area, God. But help us to unblock it. Friends, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm sincerely grateful for the extra 10 minutes you gave us today. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed at the, at the, uh, the threshold of this new series, if you want to start this thing off right, see strongholds come down in your life, barriers removed, then we need to start by unblocking areas that we've blocked God with. And so if you are being instructed by or led by the Holy Spirit, and He's pointing your spiritual eyes, turning your spiritual eyes towards something, some area of your life and you now recognize, okay, God, I get it. I need to unblock this area. I need to trust you. I need to be obedient to you. Trust that even if you don't, I'm still going to be obedient to you. And I, I take the challenge. And today I determine, I decide to unblock it. If that's you, I don't know what area it is. I'm not going to ask you. But just as your confession of faith this morning to God, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just slip your hand up to the Lord right now and say, okay, God, that's me. I unblock it right now in Jesus' name. I unblock it right now in Jesus' name. I hear you, Holy Spirit. I unblock it right now in Jesus' Devil, you will not get a foothold in my life. I am not gonna be kept from my great and mighty God anymore in this area because right now, I unblock it. I can just sense in my spirit strongholds coming down, barriers being lifted, and cones being kicked. And I thank you, God, for that. That, Lord, you are doing something mighty in individuals and in families and in our church as we choose to unblock it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might just have made the most important decision that you're going to make all fall by choosing to unblock God. Now, wait and see how God blesses you. And you'll be like, I can't believe that I've blocked that for so long. If nothing else, the feeling of laying your head on your pillow at night, knowing you're walking in obedience to our God, is a great feeling. You've unblocked it. Over the next month, you're going to hear from so many. I want you to be here. Don't. I mean, I'm still going to be around, but I want you to be here. I, I need to take about three weeks off every August to kind of recharge my brain. You can't imagine how much it takes physically, emotionally, and spiritually to pour into to this at this tempo and this level that we're at and the number of times a week that we're ministering and teaching that I'm doing that. And so I'm so grateful for our, our team, our executive team, and all of the staff that's working so hard, our interns. You're going to hear some powerful messages this month, and I'm going to be here with you. I just want you to be here and don't miss out on what God is going to unblock in your life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace.
God bless you. New Life Church, have a great Sunday. Y'all are dismissed. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.